welcome to episode 7 of Glorio's King of the Kaiju. I am your quiet host, uh, Chris, or Yuri, as you might know me on the site, and over there pouring themselves themselves a bevy. Oh. Uh, it didn't it didn't fizz as much as I was hoping it would. I was trying to make like a nice, but this is like a three day old bottle of cola. Oh, I mean, so, there's uh, your problem. Yeah, can't get uh, your your food porn ass advert. No. Audio fairly working here. This this isn't just any cola. This is store brand classic cola. I've got myself a, a, a Diet Coke if we're talking colas. Oh, yeah. An, an official one in that I don't normally drink them because I don't like them that much, but they were cheaper than my usual at the shop, and so I figured that I would be cheap instead of buying what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the new government that we have. <laughs> Welcome to the end of 2019. <laughs> Everything is sunshine and rainbows. And oh, you can tell when we recorded this because, you know, I feel like we'll be turning this one around pretty quickly, but yes. But we are we are post vote if you if you want to know on your timeline. <laughs> I should I should mention uh for for your benefit and because uh, I think most of our active audience is aware of another audio property that I'm regularly on. Um that I wasn't on it because I'm not allowed to swear, and I don't think I could have got through two hours of that without swearing on that uh, day. <laughs> as, as someone that knows you, I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, that other audio property did a good job of not swearing. <laughs> um, anyway, one thing the government can't take from us is the kaiju films that we steal from Japan. <laughs> I mean, we get them from archive.org, which I think is mostly hosted in the US. True, um, and I'm not actually sure if we're stealing those or not. But nope. But uh, <laughs> it's not a crime if you don't know it's a crime. Exactly. Famously, got them. Um, yeah. So for episode seven and the last, at least regular episode of this year, uh, we are taking a look at Kaiju Funsen Daigoro Tai Guraiasu, or Literally, the monsters desperate battle Daigoro versus Goliath, or as we actually know it as Daigoro versus Goliath, uh, a film from 1972. Um, every time I read a year off of these things, I always want to make a vintage joke, and that's going to get very old. I feel like I mean, I've already done it before. I mean, are you holding a wine glass? Because uh, if so, yes. you could you could make it real, real authentic. <laughs> I'll bring a wine glass to our um our uh, Christmas episode, assuming it happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that film will will need one, I think. Uh, hang on. What year is that film from? Nineteen ninety-eight. Spoilers. Okay. Okay. Pretty sure I'm right with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> see if you can work it out before the end of the, of the end of the podcast. <laughs> um. But uh, on on this episode, we'll 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 go straight into our kaiju stories. Um, yeah, I'll I'll go first because I uh, I have a bit of follow up from the last episode. Oh yeah, um, you don't actually know what my uh, my my show and tell is this this week. I had assumed it was a thing that we would. Anyway, go on. Yep. Um. So in the in the uh, previous episode, we mentioned: Are there any kaiju that are also ghosts? <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh and I'm pretty sure the answer is no. However, 
1995, there was a film that was cancelled, and it was known as Godzilla vs. Godzilla. And the Go uh, the bad kaiju in Godzilla vs. Godzilla was the ghost of original Godzilla. And this didn't get made, you're saying? This did not get made, unfortunately. Truly, we are living in the worst of all possible timelines. Pretty much. Um... Yeah, no. There's 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 a little info on uh, on wikizilla.org uh, if you want to read up on it. But it's there's some concept art. It looks pretty rad. They made a Funko Pop of it. I mean, I know they'll make a Funko Pop of anything, but I didn't know that they would make a Funko Pop of franchises that never existed. Uh huh. <laughs> so from what I understand, um, there was a kind of ghost colored version. Like, well, I say ghost colored. It's just ghost glow. Plastic that they didn't die. Yeah, it's it's like a white Godzilla which glows in the dark, and that was a ghost glow version. But then I think they made another one which just outright calls it Ghost Godzilla, which may or may not be based on this, but it's basically based oh. on that. Okay. Um. But yeah, so actually, it does say here on the trivia page that NECA considered releasing a figure of Ghost Godzilla, but Toho denied the idea. So I guess maybe the Funko is a bit of a uh, a workaround by pretending that it's not. Yeah. And granted as well, this was, what, 1995, and maybe they just mm-hmm. don't care anymore. But um, either way, there there was such a thing as Ghost Godzilla. Maybe we'll see it one day. Probably not. But I can hope. Hey, and any, like, uh, merchandise manufacturers, know that your multimedia empire doesn't actually require any media in order to be a to be manchi- uh, uh, franchisable. Yes. For merchandise. <laughs> There's actually, I, I will say, if you do end up on Wikizilla looking at the uh, the scrapped kaiju, there are quite a lot. Not just from the Godzilla franchise, but just kaiju yeah. in general. Like, um, I imagine a lot of them are, hey, we've got this suit lying around, let's try and develop it into a script. Yeah. Like, here's, here, I'll read off some, some of the more interesting sounding ones. Okay. There's Mecha Mothra. Oh, what? Emperor Ghidorah. Uh, is that just Ghidorah but in fancier clothes? Probably. I mean, some of these don't have um, concept art, so mm. there's a lot of guessing. There's Astro Godzilla, which was, I guess, the precursor to Space Godzilla. I was going to say, we got that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like an early version. There's a few other things, either way. You should have a look. There's some there's some interesting shit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, don't dig too far, listeners, or you'll have some surprises spoiled for you in future episodes. There's, there's actually, there's literally um, a few in this list that will be coming up later on in this episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's me. What's, what do you bring into the the show and tell? Well, since you didn't bring the other thing, I'm going to bring like because neither of them are particularly exciting. I'm just going to bring two things, sure. both of which you brought to my attention. Very, so I can very greedy of you. <laughs> Yeah, so I can pretend that it's just there's some future films coming out that seem pretty exciting. Uh, I believe it was a screening of a trailer at a um, at a convention of some kind. Yeah, for the new Godzilla vs King Kong film, and Mm -hmm. there is a second of footage from that trailer out on the internet that features silhouettes of Godzilla and King Kong fighting on an aircraft carrier, which is great because it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) The best thing about it is how little sense it makes. (laughs) <laughs> yep, they are very big and together presumably weigh 20 to 100 times the weight of that boat and would definitely sink it. 
Um, but who Although cares? Maybe maybe it maybe it's grounded in the canon, but I hope not. God, could you imagine if they to... went through the effort of explaining that just so the shot makes sense? I would be mad. Yeah. Um, it's interesting uh, that that screenshot in particular because it it shows that they have for film reasons increased the size of King Kong because obviously like King Kong versus from that last King Kong film was not as big as Godzilla was. Yeah. Um, that said, King Kong uh, is actually quite famous for having a really inconsistent scale in at least its original film iteration. You know who else does? <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> Yes, so, so yeah, it could have gone just could have gone either way. Yeah. What about this? Um, uh, this this hot second bonus. This hot second bonus is another thing <laughs> that you told me about, and is definitely a thing that I'm coming to the show with, and is original, which uh-huh. is, um, hey, did you like uh, Carmen Rider Gaim? I sure did, but that's got nothing to do with this. Shit! I've made the same mistake I made last time. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, do you like what's another franchise that isn't by that person? That isn't by that person, or is? Uh, I mean, I was going to mention Shin Godzilla last, but hey, did Downton you like Abbey. Shin Godzilla? Did you like? Do you like Downton Abbey and Shin Godzilla? <laughs> are you kind of Are you kind of sick of how formulaic uh, Godzilla was towards the end of Toho running it? I know I sure wasn't. Uh, and actually, I love the like late 90s early thousands godzilla films but uh-huh. you could argue that they were extremely formulaic and not very good they're still very enjoyable ultraman on the other hand yeah i don't particularly enjoy how dare uh, you listeners may be familiar with me and chris's coverage of a show called ultraman rube which was bad we we have famously covered and pissed off fans of ultraman with our coverage of <laughs> ultraman uh, it's not good or at least the ones um, we've seen are not good. Or at least we didn't enjoy them. Um, Most of it, at least. Uh, but the person who made Shin Godzilla, which is a film that I love, mm-hmm. I say made. Um, Hideaki Anno. Hideaki Anno, a uh, famous star of um, a star of Blue Blazers, who always wears a uh, Ultraman uh, pendant, yep. is writing and directing a Ultraman film and a screenshot or at least some production photography or promotional art maybe of it came out recently and it's just a picture of Ultraman standing on a road by the coast but it it has a weird ominous energy to it it it's uh yeah i mean to to kind of explain over over a podcast, it, this is just a picture of Ultraman stood on a coast coastline. Would you say it's a coastline? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not meant to look menacing. I don't think, but I I think it absolutely is. Uh, I, I, okay, I, I would say it wouldn't be shot from such a low angle if it wasn't supposed to look menacing. If it was anyone except Hideaki Anno doing it, I would uh, would maybe think it's coincidence. But sure, <laughs> I, I will give him the credit of probably doing that deliberately. But it's it is just a regular ass Ultraman. I don't know if it's the same design as OG Ultraman or not because I'm not super clued into the differences and all that stuff. But yeah, um, it looks. I'm curious. I, I mean, I was curious anyway. Like. Hideaki Anno doing pretty much anything. I'm at least going to have a look at it, but um, my my, I really liked Shin Godzilla like a lot. Yes. Um, 
it was very directly about how Fukushima was handled, mm-hmm. how that whole disaster response was managed. I don't know. I don't know if there's another thing that has happened in Japan recently that this is going to be about, or maybe it's not going to be a direct analogy for anything, and it's just going to be a film. But I'm interested to see what it does. Even Gelion, famously, not an analogy about anything. No, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I guess it it doesn't necessarily mean that that this one will be, but yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Um, so yeah, that's Hideaki Anno, famous voice actor from The Wind Rises. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I had to worm that in there because I just I still cannot believe he voiced a main character of a Ghibli film. Yeah, Ghibli film. Why did you want to say it? You know the English. What was, vo- that? what was that? Can we do a quick prop for that documentary? Sure. Um, What's it called? Ah, fuck! You put me on the spot now. Um, I sure have. Uh, give me a second. I'm just gonna fucking Google it. It's gonna be quicker. Uh, <laughs> Phil, Fighting quick. in the age of loneliness. No. Uh, the kingdom of dreams and madness. The kingdom of dreams and madness. Indeed. Yes. Hideaki uh, Anno if- is the madness. If you have any interest in animation or Studio Ghibli's shenanigans, yeah, it was uh, fun. That film is that film is fun and nice and good. And there is like a there's a there's a pretty long segment of just having Hideaki Anno in a in a VA room doing mm-hmm. lines for The Wind Rises. And there's uh, plenty of Miyazaki standing in his home just talking shit. Yeah, like anime was a mistake, or anime was a mistake, or anime was a mistake. <laughs> uh-huh. No, it's 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 pretty. It's more upbeat than that. But if you want to see some old Japanese guys chain smoke, then that's the film for you. Oh yeah, there's that too. <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, 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 one one quick last thing for you, my my research assistant. Uh-huh. Um, when is uh, Shin Ultraman due? Uh, I'm not sure that they've said. Um, Fair enough. I I say this as someone very slowly plugging it into a computer. Uh, it sounds like I'm, you are also. Yes, I am. Twenty twenty one. They've they've said. Okay. Sure. Believable. Yeah. Um, it's wild that they're releasing promotional stuff for it this early. Although I guess it's just it's just a, like a frame of image. It's not got any branding or anything on it. Well, we'll see if uh, episode 20 of this long-running podcast will eventually cover Ultraman. Hey, that's, Ultraman. A que- that, that's, a, that's a hecking good question. Mm-hmm. Is Shin Ultraman... Is Ultraman a kaiju? No, absolutely. Certainly Ultraman fights kaiju, I suppose. So yeah, Shin, Shin Ultraman counts as a kaiju film. Yeah, we'll cover that. Yeah. I mean, Jet Jaguar is like basically Ultraman. Yeah. And Ultraman just has the the added ability of making themselves big or small, although very yeah. rarely small. I love Ant Man. Yep, <laughs> Ant Man inspired my Ultraman. Can you imagine? Jeez. <laughs> um, it all I ha- don't know. I've I've watched I've watched um, Akiba Ranger. I know all about the powerful Rangers. <laughs> it all happened after Stanley met with. Uh, with uh, Toho for the old Spider-Man Tokusatsu. I don't even know if that was oh. Toho. I said Toho, but I'm not actually sure about that. Uh, um, it sure looks like it. It could be. I don't know. I guess we need to watch that after we're done with Zubat. Oh, yeah, when, in, in two years' time, when we're finished with Kaiketsu Zubat, the show that how never many, ends. How, how many, wait, how many episodes of Kaiketsu Zubat are there? 
37? Uh, oh, that's fine. We're getting there. Um. Anyway. 32. Close enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. So, yeah, let's... Uh, Abandon the old show and tell corner. We'll have we'll have more from uh, both of those films at some point next year, I imagine. Even if it's yeah, just probably, an update for Shin Ultraman, but yeah, I imagine there will also be news about yeah, no, certainly. Wait, is King Kong versus Godzilla out next year? It has to be out next year. Oh, for contract reasons. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, the last year they can release that film. It's why it has to come out next year because um, the rights for uh, live action films go back to Toho after next year. Looking forward to it. Assuming there's no weird contracty loopholes that they can get away with, but as far as we I'm know, sure, I'm sure they would be willing to offer an extension. Um, yeah. If the film was extremely almost finished and they had good reason to delay it. Yeah. Because like it is in Toho's interest for that film to come out. I think. Yeah. They they they. I'm sure they enjoyed the money enough to where they'll entertain this happening again if they yeah. get bored of making Godzilla films themselves. Or they could just you know have them be coming out at the same time it's not like they weren't coming out at the same time it just wasn't live action mm. well yeah i guess i i wish we had a bit of a wider release of shin godzilla to kind of see if we were going to get more regular releases of the japanese ones now yeah um, yeah i like mean shin godzilla hardly got any cinema in this country no i mean i i did see shin godzilla in the cinema over here but same. it was very one-off one showing mm-hmm. only so mm-hmm. Here's hoping. Um, so yeah, let's move into the fun facts trademark section of this here podcast. And uh, just a reminder, we're watching Daigoro versus Goliath, not Ultraman, not 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 King Kong, not yet, not yet. Um, oh boy, hey, uh, will we will we cover films that are still in cinemas? I think so. We, I, um... we we entertained this idea when um, King of the Monsters came out. Yeah, uh, it didn't happen because I think both of us thought the film sucked and we were not particularly encouraged to just jump in on that one. But <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I feel like in theory we could we could do a King Kong versus Godzilla. Mm. We'll see. I don't like. I don't know how. I think it might. Uh, anyway, yeah, we should. We sh- this is not an on-air conversation. <laughs> uh, talk talk to me about Daigoro versus Godzilla. Good yeah. life. Let's uh, let's uh, have a look at the old fun facts. And the number one, um, Daigoro's mother, which is not really much of a spoiler, she's mentioned very very early on. Um, the mother of Daigoro, her suit is made with parts of the Red King suit, which Red King is a very famous and, in my opinion, stupid looking Ultraman kaiju. Uh, sorry, Ultraman fans, you're going to get ragged on because I I just your you show. Just hate you hate Ultraman. It's, this Personally. is true. Um, to be fair, if I was at home right now, uh, I would have a little statue of Pigmon on my desk. So I don't hate yeah, all. Yeah, but not 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 that not that you purchased by choice. No, this is fair. Someone bought it for me in spite. So, someone someone who is also <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> no, Pigmon and uh, Dinosaur Tank. I uh, love them. <laughs> I still don't know what Dinosaur Tank is. You've talked so much. You talked so much in every summary of Ultraman Rube about how Dinosaur Tank wasn't showing up. Okay, right. We, 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 here's a new segment. This is the colons. What do you think Dinosaur Tank is segment? So immediately, my assumption is because tank is the second word. I imagine it as just like a tank, but rather than like a like a traditional 
M1 Abrams or whatever. That's a tank, right? Yeah. Not a rifle. No, I'm pretty sure that's a tank. Okay, like one of them, but rather than the barrel of a of a cannon sticking out the front, it's just got like a dinosaur head. Like the new fossil Pokemon in uh in in Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's just like a dinosaur head glued to Sure. Okay, now I've sent you an image of dinosaur tank on Slack. Please enlighten us with okay. your initial reaction. I wasn't that far off. <laughs> <laughs> it- <laughs> So rather than it being the head, and rather than it being... The, so the cutoff is... I don't know what the like part that the turret is attached to is called. Uh, on... the, the top. Uh, so the top part, the part that rotates, yeah, is just the entire body, arms, head, and tail mm-hmm. of a very chubby-looking T-Rex-type thing. Yeah. Although the arms are bigger than T-Rex arms. Uh, and the bottom is treads and the body of a tank. Dino- it's got four four lights on the front. Dinosaur tank is very literally a dude in a in a dinosaur outfit on top of uh, some tank treads, like riding it like they would ride a belly down on a skateboard or something. So it's not it's not like someone's it, it's not like a kiddie car with the hole in the ground and the person's running under there. Uh no no they are they are sliding around on their belly. That's fantastic. So how does it propel itself? Is it like remote controlled or does the dinosaur push its arms down and push um, itself along? Well, as uh, readers of thegloryablog.com will uh, will tell you, uh, none of the episodes of Ultraman we've seen have dinosaur tank in them. Well, I thought that maybe you would know about dinosaur tank given how much you were complaining about the lack of dinosaur tank. No, it's a very one-sided romance. Like, I just know of it and I love it and I've never been able to meet it. Okay. Future episode, maybe there is there is a an Ultraman uh, movie that we were discussing between this this episode and the last one, uh, which I don't. I'm pretty sure it does have dinosaur tank in, even if it's just stock footage. So, huh? Um, we'll we'll see about that one. There's it's a okay. bit it's a bit complicated uh, for reasons, but okay, um, it could happen. Anyway, that's dinosaur tank. Um, Red King. Going back to this uh, <laughs> this point that we abandoned ten minutes ago, Red King is imagine Barney the dinosaur, except it's a light brown color and it has a very giraffe-like elongated neck, and all of its body is ribbed. It's like an accordion. That is the part that is reused on Daigoro's mother, and and maybe even Daigoro as well. Um, they have very like accordiony. Uh, like segmented limbs um yeah and and that is the thing that is reused from red king so something you'll 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 well i'll move on to the next bit it'll kind of explain it uh or the one of the other fun facts but anyway that's 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 fun fact number one in a roundabout way uh number two goliath uh the the versus monster in this digori versus goliath film the, the baddie as it were wow spoilers but yes, the baddie. Um, Goliath is shown on the movie poster twice, and one of which is a spoiler for the end of the film. Um, uh, I'm not even sure that I would call... Uh, I, mm. it, okay, if you looked at it, you wouldn't know it spoils the end of the film, but it is very much yeah. from the end of the film. Yes. Um, the very last appearance of Goliath in the film, in fact. Ooh, it's Don't look at the poster, because it's... It's hilarious. If, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna watch this film, watch it without looking at the poster. Yes, that that's kind of a pretty good rule of thumb for the majority of these, to be honest. But yeah, that that one particularly. Um, fun fact number three: 
the director of this film, Toshihiro Ijima, uh, hasn't and hadn't worked on many projects before this. Um, however, he was involved as either a writer, director, producer, or a combination of those on Ultraman or Ultra Q, which is the original Ultraman show before the man part became part of the title, uh, Ultraman and Ultraman returns. Uh, he also directed five episodes of operation mystery, which I include because it's a great name and operation mystery is basically, uh, imagine like a live action Ultraman, except the monsters in that show are like, uh, folk tale Japanese monsters. So like, the Kappa could have been one. It probably was one. I love Mishishi. Yeah, it, it's it's Soji Mishishi from like the seventies, sometime probably or late sixties, maybe. Uh, I want I want to clarify for the audience that it's not just called Operation Mystery. It is called Operation Colon Mystery Exclamation Mark. Sure is. I I would like to dig some episodes of that out. I don't know if any of them were ever subbed, but it sounds interesting. Hmm. Um, and the final fun fact. Uh, this film was originally conceived as a joint production between both Toho and Tsuburaya Productions. And Tsuburaya, I'm pretty sure, I should probably have checked this, I'm pretty sure they're the, the Ultraman people. Um, I should probably check that now that I've said it. But I was about to, okay. but you can go for it. Um, and the, the film that they were originally going to be making together was a film called Godzilla vs. Red Moon. Uh, this is the uh, the other kaiju film that got cancelled and features kaiju that never made it so that we so mentioned wait that. godzilla's obviously not in this film yes who is red moon so um red moon is as far as we know uh there's only one existing kind of like bit of concept art as far as i'm aware of um yeah. but red moon appears to be a dragon like monster um the the drawing is basically Godzilla blasting a hole through what I believe Red Moon is, which is like a, a dragon. This is also black and white picture, so I don't know if Red Moon is red or not. But I, I guess I should be more specific in why exactly I'm asking this question. Sure. Are any of the kaiju in this film mm-hmm. Red Moon? <laughs> no. Okay. Um. Not that I. Not that I can tell. So the. I. I let me run through the plot of of Godzilla versus Red Moon because we are we do know what that is. Um, so the very broad strokes, there is a kaiju creature called Red Moon that shows up and is stomping the heck out of shit. Um, then another kaiju shows up somewhere else and also starts destroying stuff. And that kaiju is known as Erebus. Then eventually the, uh, the Japanese self-defense force decides it would be a good idea to lure the two together so they could beat the heck out of each other and... Hopefully the net the net game would be that they both die. They end up then mating and having Hell a third yeah. kaiju, uh, which is known as Hafen, and eventually still not Red Moon. Still no, Red Moon is the is the one of the kaiju that ends up having the baby. Oh okay. Red Moon meets Erebus, and then they they have they give birth to Hafen. Um, then something like i think at that point then the self-defense force ends up killing hafen by accident or they steal it and it dies or something and then (laughs) godzilla shows up and blasts the other two into oblivion um but that is the film that they they proposed the interesting thing is that uh some of the monsters from this film appear to be or people believe that what we got in daigoro versus goliath was originally going to make it into that film so daigoro's mom in particular 
people think was meant to be the mum figure in this in this film and maybe even Daigoro could have been the baby but no one knows for sure because they really didn't get that far in making it yeah um the fact that, that they reused sense. um uh the Ultraman um Red King suit kind of throws a spanner in that because I can't imagine they'd have done that but what cross cross studio suit purchasing well i mean they could have done that because obviously the two studios were working on it together but for i don't know it seems like a budget saving thing that they probably wouldn't have done if they were going to be doing this big movie together but yeah maybe that's me assuming because even godzilla suits were reused in ultraman so um either way that is our that is our fun fact section Mm-hmm. Half an hour deep into this uh, this episode, it's fine. This plot won't take long. No. Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming out in front, Daigoro versus Goliath is, in my opinion, it was one of the films that I was not particularly looking forward to because it didn't seem. I I'd seen the movie poster. I knew it was going to get weird, but it looked like another one. You know. It sure as heck was not one of those. Yeah, uh, dear listener, this is not one of them. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and in fact, when we recommended Rebirth of Mothra last week, I I changed my recommendation. If you've still not got around to one, watch this one instead. Yeah. Uh. The, yes. I. I feel like this one might be more specifically funny if you have seen a bunch of other kaiju films. Yes, but it doesn't necessarily rely on that. No, it's yeah, it, it does some interesting stuff because it doesn't really follow that formula super Not well at all. Um, but yes, anyway, let's actually get into in, the in, movie proper. The first like five minutes of the film introduce us to a world that is so dramatically different from anything we've seen. So like, rather than anything so there's 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 like two fundamental things we're introduced to in the first five minutes and one of them is this like madcap inventor yep uh who tries to make like a flying motorbike and explodes in the sky (laughs) in a slapstick way uh while trying to earn like money on a television competition yeah and they're gonna give him what like a hundred thousand yen if he manages to stay in the air for two minutes or whatever i think it was a million a million okay um, and the other thing we're introduced to, other than this madcap inventor, is uh, a, a Daigoro, mm-hmm. who is essentially a captive kaiju. Um, yeah, hangs out on this uh, this this little island. Um, is fed uh, by a team of staff, uh, including like some people who constantly yell at it oh we're friends and i'm sorry but you need to we've got less food for you because of budget cuts um yep. which is a big thing uh the the the, <laughs> the budget allocated to feeding Dagora is one of the major conflicts in this film mm-hmm. um but it also sets up that this film is not taking itself very seriously in the first five minutes because there's a giant fuck off like toilet stall with wc written on the door that Daigoro slinks off to and then doesn't go in, presumably to piss in the ocean, I think is what they're implying. Yeah, they they show this like bear in mind, Daigoro is is definitely a young kaiju, but he is yes. still very large. 
six six years old in canon. Yes. Um, and yeah, this this toilet is they. I think they show it's broken because there's like a cobweb or something. It's not been used because there's a cobweb. Yeah, but bear in mind as well that I'm pretty sure the cobweb was like scaled with the toilet, so it was probably. That's a good point. No, it is. Down. I'm looking. I'm. I'm like. I'm seeking through the film right now, and yeah, the cobweb is scale with Dagodol being so it's a kaiju spider that's another thing that exists in the film to add to your list we'll, we'll rank the kaiju spider at the end <laughs> the kaiju spider never seen but the spider web is seen but uh but evidence exists yeah so it's it's just a very bizarre setup because i think they also mention i, I guess this might be jumping forward a little bit so uh, i'll back up a bit no but... i mean no keep like we're just we're just setting up the world here like yeah they they mentioned pretty early on that uh daigoro they they kind of they feel obliged to help daigoro because they are responsible for killing daigoro's mother um, yes they do establish that pretty early on yeah so it's it's hard to say whether they would have taken Daigoro in normally because I don't think that they're purely doing it out of the goodness of their hearts, but they they do feel some kind of obligation uh, to to help Daigoro, even though they are also dealing with like budget cuts in feeding him and keeping his uh, toilet up to <laughs> to snuff. It, um, yep. Hey, speaking of budget cuts, uh-huh. uh, b- before before we get to the end of like the world setup, there is a title card for this film mm-hmm. that you said looks a lot like an episode beginning card from a Tokusatsu television show of this era. Yes, which is absolutely correct. It's it's just here's some like footage, freeze frame. Here's a title card. It's like yep. in this episode, but it's <clears throat> totally just a standalone thing. It's so it's just a weird design choice. And then other fun presentation choices that, again, nothing like anything we've seen in a kaiju film. We get a montage of this guy driving his flying machine for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles miles before taking off. Uh Um, I'm not, he pedals it, but also it makes engine noises. I'm not clear if it's supposed to be motorized or not. No. I mean, it doesn't feel like it should be, but it definitely was making. It does have exhaust. Oh, does it? I I missed yeah. that. So maybe I think yeah. it, maybe maybe the pedaling was just because they had to make it with an actual bike. Mm. But either way, um, this see this scene of this guy driving his not a plane around is set to a piece of music that is just some singers with like a children's choir of some kind explaining the world and explaining that like hey Dagoro you're gonna have to you're gonna have to face some challenges uh in the near future and we love you Dagoro mm-hmm. it's very Jet Jaguar the song except with a children's choir rather than a very snazzy sounding dude yeah um it's a very weird thing to have like five minutes into the movie uh but it happens, and yep. I appreciate it. Oh, it was um, it was two million yen for prize. For, oh wow, for that's quite a lot. The, the box cart. So yeah, it's it's basically this this mad inventor. Well, I say mad. Just this 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 inventor trying to get a big lump sum in order to help Daigoro because Daigoro is facing all these budget cuts. Yeah, and his his family is very much on board with helping Daigoro. Yeah, uh, except for. 
one member of the family who we'll get to because we need to introduce some other uh, important characters. Mm-hmm. Um, after the slapstick crash of this plane thing, uh, he's in the hospital with um, lots of casts on. Yeah, it's like and... a full body cast except his face. Yeah. Um, and we are introduced to uh, a character who is known as uh, Kumagoro. That sounds right. Um, I believe that's a nickname, but people call him Kumagoro, mm-hmm. uh, which led me to believe pretty early on that he was going to get made big to fight to fight Daigoro. Yeah, you. you I got did... pretty excited about that theory, and it didn't end up happening. Yeah, you, you, I was going to say you, you you held on to that one for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, um, he's introduced sexually harassing a nurse. Yep. Um, he's a large man. Uh, he wears his trousers up to his nips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he walks in and just like batters this injured man, like flaps all his limbs about, smacks him about, um, and is harangued for doing so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's generally like a he's p- portrayed as a dipshit and a bumbling buffoon, and also a comedic alcoholic. Yeah, he's uh. I feel like he he could very easily fit into the like um, gentle giant kind of trope, except he's a dickhead. He's an absolute shitbag. Yeah. Like he, I I think they try to redeem him, but I they don't... they absolutely try. Um, <laughs> and and to be fair, he does some good stuff. He's just yeah. a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. So that's uh that's Kumagoro. Yep. Uh, who else do we get uh, introduced to? There is... There's the uh, inventor's niece, I think? Yes, the one person in the family who does not support the the whole inventing stuff she, thing. She is very... She's embarrassed by it. Yeah, she finds it embarrassing anytime she takes a, her like boy i think it's the same boy like just she brings a boyfriend around him and and something always goes wrong so she's not completely thrilled about his uh, inventions i mean she to be fair she shows up to the the bike stuff and some uh, some things later on in the film so she's obviously supporting her uncle but not a fan of how weird some of his inventions are either yeah um, there are some. There's, there's, there's uh, other other key players. I don't know if like key players is fair. Like some of these people don't have that much importance to the plot. There's, there's a keeper, like a, a chief keeper, or at least the person who has the strongest relationship with Dagoro. Yeah. And some higher up in the government who is trying, who the keeper is trying to convince. Hey, we need to feed this thing more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also are in in world setup stuff. We are given. I I'm mad about this. Um, if you've ever fallen down, like, <laughs> go on. Listeners may be familiar with the concept of fridging, mm-hmm. uh, which so named because you have a character whose sole purpose is to have a fridge dropped on them. Um, it's almost always a woman, and usually they're their reason for existing is to die and their reason to die is to provide character motivation to someone who knew them yeah in this case we get 
Dagaro's mother, who I guess we'll get to the design of in a bit, but all at this point that matters is Dagaro's mother showed up in the world and was killed by presumably the SDF. Yeah, um, some kind of military in Japan. And uh, the only character motivation that provides is the guilt that leads to the government looking after yeah. uh, Daigoro himself. It is absolutely find... the sole reason why they are looking after Daigoro. I don't, there's no yep. reason to believe they would look after Daigoro otherwise. Yep. Uh, which leads to the question, why did they feel the need to kill Daigoro's mother? I guess because she was trashing a city. Yeah, they. I mean, they, they did give some justification to it in that she was actually... Uh, damaging the city. It's not quite like um, some of the other kaiju we've seen that were blasted into oblivion just because they were getting dangerously close to a city. Um, or getting dangerously close to a forest. Yeah. Um, so so I, I get it. Um, I feel like it, it's interesting in the way that they did seem to show like immediate regret and they didn't kind of uh, try and fob off looking after Daigoro they did seem to be like a very oh, okay well we fucked up let's we'll take Daigoro in it, there was no kind of debate about it but you're right like Daigoro's mum shows up for what half a minute maybe but not even not even in the timeline of the film it's a flashback yes yeah she is not in the film proper um, it's a pretty high budget appearance for the record she's trashing a city yeah and there's lots of explosions and shit they uh they did have to film them separately because there are no cities to get trashed later on in the film. Nope. Spoilers. <laughs> uh there's like jets and explosions and scaffolding and industrial zone and an entire suit that has been at the very least thrown together. Yeah. Um, there's Thunderbird 2 missiles. Daigoro's <laughs> mum is basically a larger Daigoro but in a wig. Yes, with a with a slightly less lovable face. Yeah, so yeah, more angry, some fang action going on, and a big old white wig. Um, Got a nice mullet going on. <laughs> that said, uh, it is during this scene, this flashback, where they in, where they're showing, hey, here's where Dagoro was found, where they introduce us to what continues to be my favorite thing about this film, which is comically large versions of uh of real world objects so i guess the first case the first time we see that is the bowl that they are feeding dagoro with and the second is the toilet yes uh but there's another there's a great one in this shot where there's a baby bottle that is about the size of a human torso (laughs) like an adult human torso what I feel like the guy holding it was cradling it. It could just have been like a large. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at it right okay, now. Okay, fair uh, enough. From bottom of bottle to tip of nipple is the height of a human torso. <laughs> so it's about like half as wide as this guy. Yeah. Um. It and it's just it stands out because it's one of those like paper mache props rather yeah. than just. You could have just made a large bottle, guys. Yep. But it's so it's so fucking good. It just looks like it's come out of the like a backdrop of some weird prop, like a kids' TV show, and it's so incredibly out of place, even yep. with a baby Daigoro right next to it. Yep. Uh, which also kind of looks like um, Manila, except somehow uglier. Um, <laughs> yeah, baby Daigoro is horrible. <laughs> baby Daigoro is not nearly as adorable as. Also, it tries to eat the guy's arm. It does. 
the guy being the keeper. Yes, the keeper, the the person who takes on the mantle of becoming the keeper eventually. Yeah. I guess Dagor tasted his arm, and that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, and we get uh, the second of our comical like clock wipes <laughs> in this film. There, there are like quite a large number of actual clock wipes to to move yep, from one scene like, to the next. Sla- some, some for like slapstick comic effects. Some for seemingly no reason at all but this one i guess is the end of the flashback so it's like hey time it was the one transition they had they didn't buy the full That's package fair. of whatever movie editing suite they were using yeah <laughs> you know 1972's movie maker or whatever yeah on their video toaster <laughs> <laughs> another, another dynamic we're introduced to this this niece who we've established is really embarrassed of uh the work that her crazy uncle does to raise money for Dagoda mm. goes to hang out on the island that Dagoda lives in, like in a little cove, to make out with her boyfriend. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. And, and tries to get some privacy, but can't because Dagoda's just looking at them and giggling. <laughs> Who goes to Daigoro's island when you want privacy? <laughs> Like, this big old dinosaur-looking monster is friendly, but if you want to, like, smooch with your boyfriend in peace, then that's not the place to do it. Yeah. Daigoro is just, like, obviously doesn't seem to know what's happening, just glaring at them and making, like, fun noises at them. Yep. It's, it's very good. Yep. Um. <laughs> there's a... There's a uh... <laughs> They they get they get more into the um the, I love this film so much I'm sorry. <laughs> they get more into fuck this scene is weird. There's so I I don't know if they have a name um the the like vans that people do political um awareness raising in Japan with like a microphone and a big sign on the van. Uh, not that I know of, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up whilst you explain the scene. Okay, so there's one of them, and it's about whether or not Dagodo's uh, the 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 budget should be allocated to feed Dagodo enough. And there's many arguments in favour, including um, poor fucking thing, and we killed its mum, and we may need it to fend off something else in future. Nudge nudge. Mm. And there's many arguments against, like it's fiscally irresponsible, and we have other shit we need to spend money on. You know, politics. Um. But the scene devolves into an actual fist fight, and there's a big crowd, and there's a fight between uh, Kumagoro and the politician who's talking shit. But then, but then the scene wipes, and we see that there's like five children sat on the floor, and Kumagoro is still flailing around wildly, but. It's it's he's like the he, only person there. He's like so enraged about whatever's happened that he's still swinging his arms, but is not conscious to the fact that everyone has left. I, I guess that's what they're trying to say. Like, yeah, time, time's lost. He's also, as as we've mentioned, a comic alcoholic, and so he's wasted. Yes, he is. Um, and then he goes to like hang out in a children's play park, singing to himself, and uh, some kids and comic inventor guy, the the kids of the comic inventor are they his kids uh i feel like they were related to the niece whether or not they were siblings or kids i don't know fair enough but... they they are kids who are in the family with yeah. the with the crazy inventor guy who are trying to raise money to save dagoda um 
they try and befriend Kumagara. I feel like they feel a bit sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean they're all they all love they all love Dagoro. That's the thing that brings them together. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I can get behind that. I love Dagoro. My uh, my hot bit of research, the uh the trucks are called Gaisensha and are uh, the 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 closest we've got to an English name is a sound truck. Okay, sound trucks, which are trucks equipped with public address systems. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we then get a scene of Dagolo moping around an island, around the island at night, set to a lullaby. Yep, <laughs> for Dagolo, um, where he sees a comet crash into the sea. Yes, we don't get any more information than that. But remember this, it'll become important later. Write this down in your copybooks now. Have we made a look around you reference in every episode of this show? Probably. <laughs> Thanks, look around you. Um, you didn't do it! Ah, oh, garbage. We can't make oh, any th- more th- references. Thuk th- th- around you. Sorry, I was looking at the notes. Thuk around you. <laughs> God damn it, I quit. <laughs> Uh, we do some fundraising. Um, yep. they get they get some they get some money, and then we're introduced to um, the crazy inventor's home. And this film has big like chitty chitty bang bang Mary Poppins energy. Yeah, it's, at this point we 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 kind of get like a big shot of this guy's. It's his house, but you might as well call it his laboratory. It's um, both. Yeah, there's all sorts of weird inventions everywhere. I think I kept mentioning that we were waiting for a Rube Goldberg machine to show up, and we don't quite get there, but it is very in that vein. He puts on a weird electric hat and says, magic shoes, and then trips for a bit, seeing himself walk around a completely clean lab that can't be there because the lab is full of shit. Yeah. Um, and then this clone of himself puts on magic shoes and basically gets the power that the basketball players in uh, Flubber get. Uh, and that he just has springy shoes and very springy shoes, it. but also can like run really quickly in a scene that is very reminiscent of a film that we'll get to eventually. Uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. <laughs> yep. Um, just running alongside cars, overtaking them. It's it's a weird scene because. Like uh, the, I feel like the closest we've got is that it's some kind of um, the the inventor guy kind of dreaming about the possibilities of these things working correctly. Like he's thinking about what he could do with them if he if he was to make them work. But it's just it's bananas. Like magic shoes compared to a plane with wings, like a little personal plane with wings. Mm. Like that makes a lot more sense than magic shoes. Yeah, it was yeah, and, it was a bit uh, kids show esque. And then there's the the later invention he has, which is a precipitation inducer, but it works immediately. A precipitation of ammonia. Mm, that's a different thing. Okay, it's a different film that we've already covered. Okay, subscribe to this podcast, please. Um, uh, Kumagro goes to <laughs> a ramen shop, I think. Uh, his regular ramen shop. Actually, I mean, this Kumagaro uh, uh, is faced with the temptation of alcohol a bunch for most of this film. This is just one example of it. Yeah, he like picks up a bottle of sake at the back of someone's bike and then puts it back. 
he is offered a, a cup of sake by the person, and it's. I don't think it's being directly played for laughs. I feel like it is because it's not just that he was offered a glass of sake. He was offered a glass of sake where the sake was literally full to the brim. You could not yeah. fit any more in that glass. And that is not a normal thing that people do. No, that's true. It was like um, very, very deliberately trying to tempt him, even though the guy obviously yeah. didn't know he was abstaining. Okay, yes. And I so the thing I was checking is this film is very uh like the last film we watched, is very direct with what it's trying to impart with the music that it plays, for the most part, with some weird exceptions. Uh-huh. Um mostly uh voiced music. Um and the music during this part is very much some like slapstick bullshit. So yeah. That's Kumagoro's um, character. And then we're introduced. <laughs> And then we're introduced to, uh, this is shown in a newspaper, uh, that they have decided to shrink Dagara. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. He He's eating too much food, so we've got to stop this whilst we can. <clears throat> Quote, in order to save the expense of Dagara's meals, they will give Dagara a growth inhibitor called, Chris... I've already forgotten. Anti-grow. That's the one... Oh god. <laughs> Which we later see and it's just like water that has some blue in it. It's like windshield wiper fluid. Yep. Uh it's also written in English too. It's not a yes. not a translation. It's just literally got antigro written on the bottle. It is it is called antigro. It's written in katakana, but it does have antigro written on the bottle. Yeah. Um they basically we we get like a oh, big uh, big food prep scene. I I want to I want to I want to quickly go back to um <laughs> the scene where uh uh Kumagaro is like um outside where he has a really good line where he yells at the sun, "You shine all day, idiot." Yep. This this is this is Kumagaro getting frustrated about the whole non 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 drinking alcohol thing. Mm-hmm. Has to take it out on the sun. Uh, but yeah, no. So they they uh, they've got this they've got this warehouse where they prepare food yeah. for for Dagara. It's um, there's like a kind of a a bit of back and forth between some of the people there who are. I don't think anyone is super thrilled about it happening, but some are more no, the, okay with it than others. I, it seems it seems like everyone's kind of bummed about the fact that they have to do it. Um, the keeper is vehemently anti it, yeah. And the boss guy is like, "No, we need to do this," and so just starts pouring it into the bowl of flour that they're using to bake the bread. Yes. Um, this <laughs> giant, like, they, I love the way they serve it. They've got, you know, the like giant human-sized buckets that you put like cement mix in when you're doing giant building projects. Mm-hmm. They've got like those, but full of. Like baguettes, kinda. Oranges the size of pumpkins. Yeah. Uh, baguettes the size of people. Lettuce leaves the size of several people. <laughs> Scaling is also a bit weird in this scene, if I remember right. It, it sure is. Um, but we do have some good shots that are like um, Dagaro looking down where you can see Dagaro's feet. And people in front of them, and the compositing is generally pretty good. Yeah, I, I, there's something to say about that this film, and that even though it is a very strange film, the 
compositing in particular, there's there's some really, it, or at the very least, it seems experimental for the time. We haven't seen much like it, so I can't speak for some of the other films, but it does seem like they were trying some new yeah. stuff. Um, and maybe that's Ultraman's influence, honestly. Um, but yeah, curiously about this entire scene where where um, Daigoro is... is Eating the tainted bread. Yeah, Daigoro is very aware of it. He kind of refuses the food at first. Yeah, I, I my assumption is that he can read his keeper. Yeah, the keeper was very not thrilled about it, even though the keeper wasn't at this point telling him not to eat it. I don't. Think. No, he, the keeper was expressly saying, "No, you have to eat it." Yeah. Um, so he knew something was up if if he didn't know specifically. But so like they're pr- like Dagadol's pretty good at emoting, although there are some aspects of communication that are hard to read. This isn't hard to read though, because we actually see him cry tears. Yeah. <laughs> We 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 uh we catch up more with Inventor, who um aside from name dropping Ultraman Which is weird given what you've told me about the history of this film. Yeah, I mean the I know that this film was originally a joint. I feel like they there must have been some involvement with them still obviously because the, we already know that Red King's suit ended up in here, but the the fact that they're name dropping Ultraman means that they must have some kind of permission. I don't know, though. Disney certainly weren't involved, and there's <laughs> Goofy merchandise in this film. There is, like, a bin in the background which just has a Goofy's face plastered all over it, which is just great. I assume they just... Why would they care? Walt Disney, big fan of kaiju. Yeah. In the 70s, yep. especially. Um... I don't understand what happens here. I don't think they ever actually explain it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, in, our inventor guy is on the television again mm-hmm. after name dropping, name dropping Ultraman with his precipitation inducer that I mentioned. It fires off, and they're like, "As if it rains in the next two minutes, you get the money." And it starts snowing. Yeah. Which the producers of the show think is yeah, that's fine, that's enough. We'll we'll give you the money for that. But they don't think that they did it. And also, they find... There's like a device hidden in the ground that when they when it's confirmed that they're winning the money, they kind of hardly hide, uh, hide the device by standing in front of it and burying it again. Yeah. They don't explain what that device is. No, I'm really con- I'm really confused about it. I I feel like maybe it was part... Like, had they already started shooting it when they changed what this film was? I... Maybe because it, it it feels like, and certainly in the place in the film that it falls, that it was maybe supposed to be the meteorite. But we know that the meteorite fell into the sea. Yeah, we saw it happen. It hasn't. Yeah, the meteorite, at least in this film, has nothing to do with this entire scene. But and the next conflict we're going to get is Daigoro trying to explain to his keepers about the comet that he saw last night. Yeah, like we into the sea. It it might have been part of the precipitation thing, but. The implication, I mean, even uh, it, it has to be because we next the next thing we see after the like we we get a a a a, a, a Goliath reveal and Goliath can control the weather. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the, so what is this red thing? The implication is that they've cheated, right? Like they they act in a way that makes them seem guilty, and they are very deliberately trying to hide this other object. 
so I don't think it's quite that they've cheated. It's that they've lucked out and they don't and they notice this weird unexplained thing and think that the weird unexplained thing might have something to do with them lucking out so they don't want it to be raised in question. Oh, I see. So they're they're taking credit for the weather changing even though it was unrelated to their machine. Yeah. Okay. Right. That seems to be what that happened. that makes some sense. They don't explain that. That is No. <laughs> that is that is definitely us uh coming up with that one as an explanation as to what they do show you but but yeah yep. that is not explained so anyway as i said uh, uh dagada tries to explain to people hey um th- this thing happened uh nobody understands what he's talking about and so goliath just shows up mm-hmm. stands i don't know a couple of hundred meters off the coast and just yells for a bit they yell back and forth for a bit. Looks menacingly towards the island. Yep. They try talking, I guess, is what happens. And then uh, they fight for a bit. When I say they, I mean Dagoro and Goliath, who are about the same size as each other. Yeah, roughly. Um, The Foley work is, I've got a note here, really bad. <laughs> Weird. Um, There's a really good flying kick that Dagoro does, by which I mean... Really good in the good way. Yeah, Daigo does like this amazing two foot drop kick, but flies in a way which is like kind of, you know, anti gravity, like very slowly falling to the floor. But it's it's a beautiful sight. It's, there's some finesse in this drop kick. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, um. Uh, Dagoro is unable to overcome the power of amazing lightning mm-hmm. that uh, Goliath has and so Goliath just kind of that... has a thunder horn Goliath, yeah. Goliath by the way is like a um, like a walrusy narwhal-y kind of thing right? more like a hippo oh Goliath sorry yes yeah, uh, yeah Dagoro is like a hippo uh, yeah, I'd say walrusy narwhal, but bipedal. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 bipedal. It's got a walrusy face, but with a big narwhal horn on it, and the yeah, horn can also blue. shoot lightning. Yes, or at least summon lightning, yeah. whatever that means. It makes it an electric type. Um, and Dagoro is badly, badly, badly injured. Which sets up the dynamic for the rest of the film, which um, is fan-fucking-tastic, and I love it. <laughs> so the rest of this film is... Daigoro is either, well, initially injured, but then just, like, needs to train up Rocky-style. Yeah, the, uh, the, to get... You should mention that, that Daigoro was believed to be dead after this confrontation, Initially, yes, yeah. they they like it's they need to do some serious medical work. Um, Kumagro, the big drunk bear, um, gets really sad and pours some food into into Dagoro's mouth, and then like gets half eaten and then thrown up. Yeah, there's a bit of war going on. Yeah, and then there's a funny bit where he doesn't remember what happened, but um, he boasts about it. But he boasts about it anyway, which is. Yep. Was he not interviewed? Like, was he not interviewed by some news people about being eaten by Daigoro? I feel like that was just him talking to, like, rando people yeah, in the hospital room. Yeah, right, actually, now that I say it, but... 
Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's proud of it for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but basically, they need to defeat... Um, initially, they need to res him and then train him up and get him ready to defeat... Um, Goliath. Uh, Goliath, yeah. There's another weird like sub thing that they... <sighs> feels like they feel like they had to bring this in because it isn't of much consequence to the film. They talk about nukes a little bit because, of course, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they do some normal kaiju stuff. Goliath trashes the industrial zone. But this time it's daytime. <laughs> but this time it's personal. Yeah. Uh, we get a bunch of shots of nature. We get a a foreshadowing shot of a graveyard, which we hadn't been told was on this island, but there is one. It, it's foreshadowing that it does kind of come back up later in the background, but is super not important. Only as like a visual metaphor. Yeah, it's it's not important at all. <laughs> does not need to be there. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, um, I like it. It felt like a death flag. Yes. It it seemed like a very heavy-handed way of saying, "Ah, oh, shit, someone's gonna die in this graveyard," because yeah, because wouldn't that be a wild thing? <laughs> um, oh, uh, yes, of course, because uh, because there is now an active threat, um, and uh, of course, Daigoro is now a military asset and a functioning one at that. The budget's back. It's fine. Mm-hmm. They're feeding shit tons to him. They're doing like a karate montage, a, a karate training montage, which is absolutely adorable. They've got like a guy at the top of a cliff doing karate shit, and Daigo, the, the the keeper at the top of a cliff doing karate shit, and Daigoro's trying to mimic it. Yep. Um, it's great. I love it. It's fantastic. He learns how to do fire breath eventually. Yeah, he just kind of sputters a bit and ends up blasting out a, a big old fire breath, which. Weirdly, like considering how good they are with their compositing earlier on, like the fire breath looks dreadful. Yeah. So, like usually when with these kaiju films, if if a kaiju can spit fire, they'll just put like a blowtorch in its mouth or something and 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 fire that off or some kind of flamethrower. Whereas this, it's like they cut some fire footage out of another bit of film and then kind of overlaid it mm-hmm. or something and like it that. Looks, it it looks ruddy awful yeah it's, it sucks so not Daigoro's uh, fault Daigoro is perfect but Daigoro is absolutely and, and Daigoro accidentally does the fire breath at first and blows up the cliff that the keeper is standing on but Daigoro catches him and saves his life and it's fucking fantastic and I love he, it like, yeah the keeper does some kind of like really weird slapstick flying through the air thing yeah all of the all of the like human drama like the human physical drama is extremely slapstick in this film and this is yeah no humans are at risk of dying ever except maybe the flashback with his mum, but they really don't go into it there are no people in that city don't worry about it um the the, mean like while they're doing this they're like but but we know that dagger is gonna lose a fight because of the lightning so they need a plan to deal with the lightning which, as far as I can tell, is putting some tarp over the thing's horn. Yes, and given the amount of budget that's now in for this, because like they can afford to feed him apparently now, it's wild to me that they pick the people that they pick. Yeah, uh, to do this mission. The uh, everyone's favorite alcoholic shit bag Kumagoro's on Kumagoro, the case. Yes. Um. Yeah. And who's the guy with him? Is it the keep? Uh, 
no the it's the no, I, th- I think it's the, the inventor i think it's the money guy oh is the, it the, money guy? the the politician who was anti maybe not i don't know who the characters in this film are either way <laughs> they've got a tarp that is like a, and, and a sh- like a shitting rowing boat yep like a tiny rowing boat to go out to this island where uh, Goliath is sleeping, um, and there's a there's a horn. You can see the horn in the distance, and it's, it's fucking massive. Like I would put it at eight stories tall, probably. Yeah, definitely not Looking big enough. Shot here. Not big enough for this tarp to cover. Uh, sorry, too big um, for this tarp to cover. And they arrive at the island and do like it seems farcical at first. I was mad that they just didn't tie the boat up, but they do this weird, like, farcical thing uh, about who's doing what and what direction they should go in. Mm-hmm. And then they do this, like, actual pantomime bit. Yep. It's it's the he's behind you shit, except with Goliath. And it lasts about a minute. Yes. And it's immediately after this other pantomime bit where the guys were realizing that the... So it turns out the whole island is Goliath. And their plan was... So we should we should explain the plan, because they did explain the plan, which yeah. is, one, put this tarp condom over the lightning horn mm-hmm. so that it can't do lightning. Yep. Two, once that is done, and only once that is done, set off a big smoke flare uh, so that Dagoron knows when to start attacking. Yeah. Um, the smoke flare is set off accidentally because of this pantomime bullshit. It's literally set off by a butt. Yep. As someone falls over in surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the guy the guy who was who didn't know that that was doing the guy who was who didn't know that uh didn't know that Goliath was behind, behind him. him. Uh, he turns around and then just startlingly jumps and falls back onto this cartoon dynamite plunger <sighs> that sets off the flare. It's it's very stupid. Like it's, <laughs> I don't necessarily hate it, but it is very yeah, stupid. Yeah, no, it, it, it fits in well enough with the rest of the slapstickness of this film, but yep. God. <laughs> so they now know that <laughs> that they need to sort out that because they know that the attack is going to start now and so they need to make sure that that horn is tarped up yep. so they climb up and it turns out it's actually only the horn is only about as tall as a person yeah it's and so they just put it over and it's fine weird camera they tricks <laughs> they swim away oh there's one more slapstick thing about them swimming away of course uh yeah it's a pink inflatable life ring oh right yes <laughs> so yeah, uh, Goliath ends up back heading or heading towards the island that uh, Goliath is on. Uh, sorry, that Daigoro is on. That's that's damn convenient. Now that I think about it, yeah, they 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 don't so much establish it, but they they do kind of hint that Daigoro can't swim. Yeah, like they they there seems to be an indication when the meteorite falls that Daigoro can't just go over and have a look. Yeah. So. I guess Goliath didn't have to head that way. Yep. Um, the rest of this film, up until the epilogue, is uh, is the fight. Yeah. The um the top comes off pretty quickly, if I remember right, of on on the yep. thunderhorn. 
Yes, it does. Um, there's a lot of throwing. I believe uh, Goliath also gets his own um, flying kick. Well, actually, it's more like a belly flop. He yeah, he doesn't I, he doesn't I, do yes. the double the the double legged drop kick. He just kind of belly flops onto Daigoro. And and it's 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 like the flying kick was very much hanging from wires, yeah. just on a rail sliding across the entire soundstage. The belly flop is much like yeah. that too. It, it was uh, Goliath's turn to do it. Um, Daigoro defeats Goliath's lightning horn by breathing fire on it. It uh, apparently wasn't expecting it and could not dies. deal with it. And uh, just dies. He doesn't die. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't die. It falls over, um, and like uh, Dagaro, exhausted, falls to its knees. Yeah. Uh, the three, the the three who went to deal with the putting the tarp on the horn land on the beach, and we get a fun slapstick bit where Kumagaro runs towards. Uh, his wife, I think. His wife. Is it a wife? I think so. And they don't hug each other and he falls over. Yep. Um, Daigoro also sits down like a victorious sumo wrestler, which is amazing. Yes. <laughs> He's just very proud of of beating this bad monster. Um... <laughs> and then we get... Yep. Please explain the Such best death. part of this film. Soshite epilog. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so, <laughs> immediately after this slapstick falling over on the beach, we get a title card that says, hey, here's an epilogue. Mm-hmm. Immediately cut up again, fade up from this epilogue, and <laughs> foreground, like, what, ten children in a field yeah. in front of a tree line, behind which is... <laughs> A giant rocket with <laughs> with Goliath strapped to it, uh, just strapped to this rocket with other smaller rockets strapped to him, and he's all tied up and he's very frustrated and yelling <laughs> as he flies off into space, <laughs> and the children wave goodbye. <laughs> I, the best way I can describe it is one of those little uh, baby carriers you can get. Where... Yeah, he looks like a little angry toddler strapped to someone's back. Yeah, he's just little uh, little arms and li- I mean, they're not little, but obviously he's so far away that he looks like a little angry baby, t- like strapped <laughs> to this rocket. Oh, hey, there's a thing I, I I I'm looking at this scene now. There's a thing I hadn't noticed on first watching. His horn's been cut off. Oh, really? Yeah, bastard. Or like snapped off. Huh. I mean, I guess they need ivory for their pianos or whatever. Uh, I guess so. Get it where you can. Um... That's mean. I don't like that. Yeah. Let the angry baby shoot lightning in space. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so they're wrapping up all of the characters. Um, the the alcoholic who had stopped drinking uh, to raise money for Dagoro's budget, that's no longer a concern, so he can just drink as much as he likes again. Yep. He chugs like a glass that looks like it's three pints of beer. It's it's a big old glass of sake. It's not sake. Oh, it's is beer. it actually beer? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't matter, got alcohol. Yep. And, like, uh, turns post, post-processing post red in the eyes. Yeah, he, he gets very, very woozy. Um, we get follow-up of our kooky inventor and his niece who hates him, who is getting married now. Yeah, she shows up with the boyfriend that got scared off, or not scared off, but embarrassed by the inventions last time. 
saying they're going to get married and then guess what happens everything goes wrong she gets trapped in the fence and the entire garden of just weird kooky gadgets explodes yep just all sorts of weird little terrifying gnomey looking statues flying everywhere and then we get the final shot of the film which incidentally uh i was incorrect earlier this is the best scene of the film (laughs) and and absolutely will be a gif in the show notes please visit them on the gloryblog.com describe the scene uh so remember the uh the the toilet that we mentioned earlier the one that had the cobwebs on it yeah it it no longer has cobwebs on it uh it's just a shot of this toilet and then you hear a flush i mean dagger in it it's the door only goes up to like his neck yeah you yeah it's, it's like a saloon door you see him pull up the little fucking cistern handle pull the little thing to make it flush <laughs> and he strolls out very proud at having taken a big old shit yeah, like slaps his tongue and the film ends we get the end the title card the end title card is literally over dagger slapping his tongue after coming out of a toilet it's phenomenal it's a hell of a film. Ah, uh, I should uh, I should mention. I don't know if I mentioned this at the start of the podcast, but it is a thunderstorm outside right now, and it is incredibly loud. So if you can hear anything weird on my end of the microphone, that is probably what that is. Cool ASMR weather. Yep, I love it. It's the old local British kaiju summoned <laughs> after this election. <laughs> you need to get Goliath in there to. I guess add lightning to it. Yep. Well, maybe he's just out there. Goliath is a Tory. It's not. It's not even raining up here. I I think we've got it all. We had. I say we had some snow. There was some snow earlier near where I was. Oh, that's. I was in the Peak District for a bit earlier. Ah, uh, I see. You're basically Scotland. Um. <laughs> um... Scotland, land of snow. Do you have any final thoughts on this film? Uh, I love it. It's uh, same. It is uh hmm. It is interesting to have a kaiju film that is not at all about the fights really, let's be fair. Like for the majority of this film it's just us getting to know Daigoro. Yeah. Uh, so they 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 get they get the advantage of hey, the cool thing about kaiju films is not necessarily the fights, but this giant monster. Yeah. And so they get to have this giant monster not be antagonistic. Yeah, there, there's like character building. We understand why Daigoro is here and why it doesn't decide to murder everybody, even though it kind of has some reasons to do it. And why everybody is on its side. Yeah, so it's nice. Like, yes, there's some fighting in the flashback with Daigoro's mum, and yes, there's fighting with Goliath eventually, but it's not super important. It's mostly a like it, it, it. The fight with Goliath basically exists so that we can have a big old training montage and everyone comes together to help Daigoro fight this thing and there's a big old victory for everybody. Yeah. Um, and even after this monster gets beaten, they you know they realize that they need Daigoro's help, so they they back off with the the growth suppression stuff and Daigoro gets a working toilet again and all that stuff. So, <laughs> like it's 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 fun. Like no, it's not some you know amazing story or anything like that but God, no <laughs> but it is for, for one of these where it's not just here's two monsters and they fight who's gonna win like yeah i liked it a lot 
and as much as I have a lot of problems with this film that I think we've covered, yeah, um, I love Diagola. Yeah, he is he is precious. It's uh, probably one of the most precious kaiju. I think we we don't do a, a precious ranking, but I feel like it would rank pretty highly. We're about to do something pretty close to that. Oh yeah. Oh boy, this is good. This is a good start. Go again. Oh god, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I believe in you. I don't know how to do the rest of it. That's as far as I'm going to get. It's fine. It's called the Cuddle Corner. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but this isn't to be continued. We're doing it now. I mean, it's to be continued immediately. Dagaro gets five stars. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I I love him, and he is extremely huggable. And there's no, like, he's got fingernails, which is weird now that I look at it. Um... But he's just a big huggable hippo. He's got a big chunky tummy. He's got big arms that can hug you back. And I love him. So he's got whiskers, which is a bit weird. It's fine. Daigoro is good. But I love him. And I want to, I want a cuddly one. I, even with the accordion legs. I am positive they made Daigoro plushes. And by that I mean they almost certainly didn't. Google images. Plush Daigoro. Uh, they made uh, models. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, I can't see any cuddly ones. Oh, well, we'll we'll, we'll look on Etsy later. No, that's a vinyl figure. That doesn't work. By by which you mean uh, make an Etsy account and then like <laughs> make our own and sell them. Looking for Daigoro. <laughs> Seeking. Yep. Missed connections. <laughs> you, <laughs> precious hippo baby, seventy feet tall. I uh, I searched for Daigoro on Etsy, and there's an antique Buddha statue, which uh, not not convinced they're the same thing. Mm. Anyway, what about Daigoro's yeah. mum? Oh, hold on, I need to put this on the spreadsheet. Oh, this is fair. You'll definitely forget that Daigoro is a five star. <laughs> That's true. Um, Daigoro's mum. Is has got it going so, on. So, Dagoro's mum has more of the like accordion-shaped things. More uh, of that Red King heritage. More of that Red King heritage. A much longer tail. Mm -hmm. uh, a less good chunky tum. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of much the same arms. A much less adorable face, although it's fine. It's it's fine. Yeah, and then just like a hair metal wig. Tell me about the Pat Sharp hair. Pat Sharp, eh? Hold on. Oh my god, you must know who Pat Sharp is. Oh, I'm sure I do. As soon as I see this photo, I'm yes, okay. It is kind of that, but messier. <laughs> like no one listening to this except the one listener that we do know of will know who Pat Sharp is. <laughs> Like British TV presenter is not going to be particularly well known in the US. <laughs> it's 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 a mop. Yeah, 
on 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 Dagado's mum. It's very it's it's like pure white, which is weird on this like dark green monster. Mm. Um, it does it stand appears... out though. Oh, it certainly stood out. It's it's really novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't love her. Counterpoint: You can run your fingers through her hair. Um, so as someone who owns uh, cuddly toys that have hair like that, uh, case in point, uh, is it here or is it in the other? I don't think it's here. Um, I've got a Cyndaquil with the fire on, which is a weird choice. I feel like Cyndaquil would have made more sense with the fire off, mm-hmm. but maybe that would have looked a bit weird. I don't know. Um, and it's like long rooted uh, stuff. <laughs> if, I. I don't think I don't think this hair would work in a cuddly toy. It would just be annoying. It would get matted really quickly. To be fair, it would get a. It would get matted really quickly. You'd have to shampoo your cuddly toy. B. Even when it wasn't matted, it would be shampooing your cuddly toy though. That's some unexplored territory right there. Uh, unexplored territory. It would work for a doll. <laughs> I would. I would in fact be all about. A fashion doll modelled after Daigoro's mum. Mm-hmm. I would be just a Barbie, look... but with but with but Daigoro's mum. Yeah, or maybe just the bust. Maybe just like the head and the and the hair. Sure. Or just or just like a modelling um, a head a uh, uh, a wig modelling hair. Oh God, yeah, but... one of those. Yeah, just a uh, practice your hairdressing, but a kid's toy, but it's Daigoro's mum. Yeah. See that if if that was if that was what this segment was, five stars. <laughs> That it's not Daigoro's and... mum because she's worth it, <laughs> and I feel no affection for this character. Yeah, and um, it's it's got too many ridges and stuff. I guess you could make it out of like corduroy or something. She's ribbed for your pleasure, which, but not my cuddle pleasure, mm. which is the pleasure I'm interested in right now. Uh, if you want to tune into our like dark web only kaiju <laughs> fucking podcast, that's a different matter. Damn, the the, uh, the special end of year podcast is out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so despite the fact that they're like anatomically quite similar, I think I'm gonna have to give Daigoro's mom a two. Oh, Daigoro's mom was robbed both of her I mean, life and me, of her score. Let me have a look at what the. No, yeah, I I just don't I don't love her, and neither does neither does Daigoro. For all we know, he never knew her. Wow. Um. One thing I will say for all three of the monsters, well, four potentially, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> for all three of the monsters in this film, uh, they are all like pretty simple designs. Yeah, yeah. They are they are distinct. Simple. There's no like. Goliath is probably the most most complicated one. Even that's not super. But even Goliath is pretty traditional. Yeah. Like what? What? What about Goliath? Makes you think? Makes. Uh, oh, I, I I don't think Goliath is a complicated monster. It's just a walrus with a horn on it and yeah. bipedal. But but as you know, it's the most complicated one in this film. Which is to say, they're not complicated at all. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be pretty good at cuddling. It's got. It's got the arms for it. It's got a tail that might get a bit in the way. Does the horn get in the way? I don't think so. I think the horn could like nestle behind your head in a nice way, because like the head leans forward a bit. 
Mm. And that can like get in there. And then the horn could maybe rest against the side of your head or something. I feel like you could make a pretty good one of these. If I remember right, doesn't Goliath have like a kind of a pig snout kind of going on? Um, in the image that I'm looking at right now, I can't tell. So let me... Uh... I feel like I saw some nose twitchy movement in, in, in part of this film. Uh, let me seek forward in this film for a bit for you. Um, oh, this is, I mean, this is island form Goliath, which we're not talking about. Uh, this should have a shot of the front of Goliath here. Um, I don't know that I would call that a snout. I might be misremembering. I haven't. I like haven't... like a pig's. It's not. It's not like a pig's snout. I don't think. No. I, I've not. Still not got a good clean shot of it here. Okay. No. No. It's not got a big snout. It's. It, hmm. It's got kind of cute eyes actually. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you got something out of this. I, I I don't recall exactly this frame, but I just landed on a frame. I'm going to send you. Um. Gal it's got Gal like what cute eyes you have. All the and the fact that I landed on this shot in particular, actually, I think I'm going to give Goliath four stars. Mm. Okay, I could I could see it because while I don't love the character, I feel like I could feel sympathy for this thing. It looks very sad. Yeah, it's upset about being here, even though it's kind of indiscriminately attacking the other kaiju. Counterpoint: If it came with a harness accessory. <laughs> okay, I feel entirely justified in my four stars now. Okay. Because rocket strapped, like, looking at, at Goliath strapped a rocket, yes. No, this precious, precious angry baby has big grumpy cat energy. When the uh, the Build-A-Bear workshop gets hold of the Goliath rights and they and they give it a harness as part of the package. I could see Build-A-Bear getting Godzilla rights. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems weird to say that, but they've got Pokemon and that's a bit weird too, so whatever. It is, it is. Um, now there's, I don't know if we do want to talk about, uh, baby form. Hey, this is your cuddle corner. This is a decision you have to make. I've made it. I don't want to talk about baby. I don't want to talk about baby form Daigoro, so we're not going to. Okay. Baby form Daigoro, not unranked. Robbed. Robbed and not ranked. Only on the director's cut of this podcast. Can I, do, I was looking through the baby form scene while I was thinking about that, and I want to point out before my segment ends that baby Daigoro is presented a lot like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a manger thing going on. Manger and, like, people arriving as prophesized and giving it gifts of milk, question mark? But yeah, it's mostly the manger look, like in a cave, which is... Yeah, a thing about the nativity that is often portrayed. Hmm. Cool. I, those are my feelings. Those are your feelings. We've got a, we've got a new five star. We do. The coveted five star going to Cuddlerific Digoro. That's not its full name. Cuddlerific Digoro, Sam. Um, I'll let you take that i'm i'm doing i'm doing things that i'm i'm messing with the spreadsheet okay this can, this can stay in the podcast okay it's important it's important content and we need it is it now is your segment now it is my segment now uh let's rank them kaiju <laughs> Uh, 
so let's start with the old titular character. Dai- well, one of the titular characters, I guess, but the uh, the first one, Daigoro themselves, the old big family friendly hippo. Um, Are you going to include in the list of powers that he can shit? Uh, yes, actually, it is in this list. Uh, I will okay. read through this list. Um, I said that Daigoro has a sick dropkick. And it was a pretty sick dropkick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daigoro is a kind big baby. <laughs> uh, Daigoro has awful looking fire breath. Uh-huh. Uh, Daigoro has the ability to detect growth stunting drugs. And Daigoro, I I I contest that. Okay, I I absolutely I I do not believe that that is confirmed. Okay. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. You 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 think that it was more reading the keeper than detecting yes. the drugs. Undetermined, um, but it is written in this list, and I'm not going to change it. That's fine. Uh, and fifth on this list, Daigoro is a good pooper. <laughs> yep. Um, is is sad to not be able to poop in a toilet, but is very happy and proud yeah. to poop in a real toilet. I might add that uh, Daigoro is a master of karate. Um, that might be a bit embellished based on what Daigoro actually does with the old training montage, but I just wanted to mention it. Um. I, certainly, certainly, the way the way Daigoro presents himself by the end of the film, as you point out, is is clearly a proud martial artist. Yes, yeah. practiced karate and uh, finishes fights as a sumo wrestler. Definitely the best martial artist uh, kaiju that we've met so far. Um, I have Daigoro. Uh, I, I, I bear in mind there is a there is. Some explaining to do in a minute uh, based on its ranking, but it is ranked currently number 12 on our list of what will be 19 kaiju at the end of this episode. <laughs> between uh, between Rodan from Rodan, uh, it is underneath Rodan from Rodan, uh-huh. and it is above, spoilers, Daigoro's mum. I see. Um, now the reason I put Rodan above Daigoro is I feel like they have a pretty similar set of abilities. They could both breathe fire. And they are both pretty squishy. Like Rodan dies pretty easily. Daigoro nearly dies from like one attack. Um, mm. Rodan has the the benefit of being able to fly, so I feel like Rodan could win that fight just by cheesing it. Um, Fair. So Daigoro is our number 12. Uh, and as we mentioned just now, Daigoro's mum is below Daigoro. Daigoro's mum, interestingly, I, I wasn't aware of this until you pointed it out, but Daigoro's mum does actually breathe fire in that in that flashback. So she does... It's important to note, that, it's important to note by the way, that it is fire breath that looks way better it does. than Daigoro's. At least in the screenshot you sent me, it, it looks way better than I remember the fire effects in that in that movie looking i can confirm it looks better in motion (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah daigoro's mum has a if not identical very similar uh repertoire of abilities the the reason why i've put daigoro's mum below daigoro is that i believe that daigoro's brief training montage with the humans and ability like learning to to do some martial arts gives it a little bit of an edge versus daigoro's mum who all we really see is trash some buildings as far as we know does not have any experience experience with fighting kaiju we know for a fact that she does not have any experience with fighting kaiju because she was born from like a nuclear submarine accident or yeah something. this was a 
a piece of throwaway dialogue we get yep. at some point. Uh, the, the kaiju came from a nuke, from a nuke. Who'd have thought? Um, w- one thing I will also say is that, yes, um, Daigoro has the power of montage. Daigoro also has the power of friendship. On his side. Yes. So you've made the right decision. Good. Um, Daigoro's mum, number 13, above Gazora from Space Amiibo. Gazora is the uh, cuttlefish. Um, oh, okay. Gazora yep. doesn't really have too much going on for it. I don't think I really need to explain that one. Gazora is probably one of our one of the weekend monsters in this list. Um, which leaves Goliath, and despite Goliath losing to Daigoro, I have put Goliath above at number nine. Um, mm. underneath Camebus from Space Amoeba, which is the big old turtle, and above Rodan from Ghidorah, the free-headed monster, as well as the other Rodan. <laughs> I love how often Rodan comes up. <laughs> Just because a lot. Of I, I, I wonder if in our the next time we see Rodan, if Rodan will end up grouped with these two Rodans, or if they'll separate. But <laughs> but yes, um, the reason I put Goliath above is that I I feel like Goliath and Daigoro are pretty evenly matched, and the fact that the humans kind of interfered with things, I I feel like weighs against Goliath. Uh, like if if we were to put Daigoro and Goliath fresh in a room and when we didn't let them out until one of them had died, I feel like Daigoro would have been the one that died. Uh, At first, yes. so yes. It, it was only because of like an intervention by humans that that Daigoro was able to to succumb it. So, do you think that the tarp over? Are you talking about the tarp over the horn? I, here? That as well as like the training segment. But the training segment, you're granting as a power of. Uh... Of Daigoro, which by the end of the film it is. You can't take that away. From no, him. no. I him. just I feel like if we were to step back and have them fight, and no one can interfere anymore, that okay. So I guess the question here is: Are you talking about their state at the end of the film, or their state during the final fight, or their state as they are? State first at the end of the film, like so. This is post training segment Daigoro versus Goliath. Okay. So um, I, I know that this is a bit weird because obviously Daigoro won that fight in the film. It's also worth noting that Goliath in the film doesn't have the electricity powers anymore because his horn's gone. I, hmm. I'm not counting that part. I I, I don't know where no, that came. I, I feel it should be as 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 their as their biggest yeah. fight. Is is probably how we should. In, uh, I, I feel it. like there was enough interference with the whole tarp situation that there's a bit of flexibility in the in the department of who yes. would have won the tarp could yeah. have swung it i would i would i would agree that the tarp could the, have the swung reason it. why goliath is three places above is because goliath has lightning powers and as we all know electricity is strong against bird types so both <laughs> rodans are getting a, a, a negative on this one <laughs> No, that's good. Um, the one, the one problem I have with uh, that very good point <clears throat> is, um, what if you like bring ground types into this, or a type, or fighting type, or like if if you do the rock paper scissors thing, you can't just keep ranking them <laughs> above each other. Well, Camebus is above Goliath, and uh, Camebus is the turtle from Space Amoeba, who, whilst part water type, would probably be part ground type too, and I feel like that is a good reason for why it's above Goliath. 
um okay. no, i'm pulling shit out of my ass now but um no it's fine i i i guess i i get that you have to pick like a general area based yeah. on solid rules and then narrow it down more specifically with bullshit and i'm completely yeah it's, it's a weird one because yeah i i feel like rodan could beat daigoro i feel like daigoro versus goliath is murky but i feel like goliath versus rodan is a, is a goliath win so it's it's a oh, weird absolutely. kind of gray area on this list but i'm happy with where they are fight me fight yeah. me in the comments no it's um either way that is our our new top 19 kaiju from seven episodes from seven movies sorry not episodes um i mean yeah episodes episodes of this show so yeah it's we're getting we're getting there this is a very long and unwieldy list but this long and unwieldy list will be in the show notes if you want to check out the entire ranking when you say when you say we're getting there do you mean to a complete ranking of all kaiju there can't be that many more (laughs) You have looked at the other sheet in the spreadsheet. No. Right? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Listeners, there are. Uh, oh, you God. can you can probably say a full number, right? I'm trying to work out exactly what it would be. It's about 120 yeah. films, and I know that there are films that I just haven't actually put down. Um, yeah. No, we've just got 120 as our pool for now. Let me, uh, there's, I wonder if this thing will actually tell me. Uh, I was trying to remember how many kaiju are in Godzilla Final Wars, because even though there's many, many uh, movies to go, that's always my go-to for, like, how long this list is going to get. Most. Uh, yes. Final Final Wars, I, there is one kaiju in particular in Final Wars that I'm very interested to know yeah, what ranking there are 22, so. <laughs> and there was a movie we... <laughs> I would more than double yep. the list. God. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll we'll rank it one day. But there was a movie we alluded to earlier on in this in this episode where, if you were paying attention, that film. Uh, as my, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention it yet because I I don't know if we'll ever actually rank it. But that film, as far as I can tell, has more than twenty two kaiju in it. So one day. Um. Yeah, so that wraps up the ranking for this one. Uh, it also means that assuming we can get our our end of year podcast out, we will be at a mm-hmm. at a nice round twenty for our list because I'm pretty sure the film that we're watching only has only one. one kaiju in it. I think that's right. Uh, yeah, let me have a quick look. Um, I. Uh, you might need to sure. edit this out. There are eggs at the end of that oh, film. Yeah. I forgot because that film sucks. Yeah. Um, uh, God, why is it not easy to find these things? All right, here we go. Da 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 da. Hmm. Okay, so according to this Wikipedia article, there may actually be more than one kaiju in this film. Uh, it sure looks like something we'll have to decide on after we watch it and I can remember what the heck they are. But uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, we may actually go above 20 in the next episode, but we shall see. Um, Colance, would you like Hi. to uh, reveal what 
this New Year's episode will be on. We are hoping to put out an episode by the end of the year covering everyone's favorite yeah. Godzilla film, Godzilla 1998. <laughs> the famous film Godzilla, brackets 1998. You know, Godzilla. Oh, God. It's been a long time since I've watched this film because I, I hate it. So, and I I genuinely remember nothing about it other than eggs yeah. at the end. And Godzilla gets defeated by the US military, which is just... Spoilers! It's definitely King Ghidorah. Um... Yeah, so we will try our very best to get this episode on everyone's favorite Godzilla film out by the end of the year. If not, hey, is that film on archive.org? Uh, it, it, I hope so. I can't imagine anyone would care to remove it from there if it, if it shouldn't. If not, I'll head down to my local CEX and get a copy. I, I do have a DVD here somewhere of that film. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> good. I wonder if it ever came out on Blu ray. Uh, hmm. Hmm. We'll look into it. Listen, uh, listeners, yes. find your own copy. Uh, I'm sure you can find one very cheap. Oh. Um, yes, we will. We will look at that film. If we can't make it by the end of the year, then we'll we'll try and squeeze it in as soon as. But um, we will yeah. do that film soon, one way or the other. Uh, mm-hmm. Until then, uh, have a very good New Year. Uh, stay tuned for January, where we'll have another equally weird and silly, probably Japanese kaiju film to look at. Uh, the one that's currently in the next one in the schedule. I don't know if that's the one we're going to cover. I don't know anything about it. Um, let me remember what it is. Uh, you know what? Should we just should we lock that in? I forget what it is, but maybe we should just lock it in. Yeah. All right. All right. So, film for January. Uh, be prepared. It is the X from Outer Space, featuring a kaiju named Guilala. Yes, the X from outer space. Let me remember because I want to know what year you were made in. Oh goodness, yeah, that's a uh, nineteen sixty-seven. Oh, that's huh. Okay, uh, it is. Is it in color? Uh good question. Um, I'm on tenterhooks. <clears throat> When's the best way to look? I guess Google Images, probably. Uh, <laughs> it is in color. Uh, Guilala looks great. This movie poster looks great. Okay, uh, I'm not allowed to look at that. No. But... Um, yeah, The X from Outer Space is a very uh, American version of that title. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, the the Japanese yeah. title, just giant space monster Guilala. <laughs> That's way better. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Um, we will watch that in January. Um, so mm-hmm. stay tuned. Look out for Godzilla if it happens at this new year. If not, check out the rest of the Gloria Blogs end of year features. They'll be running from just before Christmas until the end of the year. Uh, and I believe we also have some fun stuff planned for early January. So so have a have an eye out for that stuff. I believe we'll also have our uh, top 10 anime of the year, which uh, anime is not kaiju films, but but it's pretty all right as well. So keep an eye out for our anime of the year, our end of year content and all that other good stuff on thegloryblog.com. And have a, like a proper crimbo or whatever other seasonal observances you may or may not participate in. Yeah. Just 
hang out with fam and and maybe drink some Bucks Fizz or something. <laughs> it's it's a good excuse to drink shandy or just like yeah, chug three pints of beer at once, like our alcoholic friend did. Yeah, it's just like you're in a real kaiju film. <laughs> yes, one of one of the things I would definitely one of the terms I would definitely use to describe Daigaro versus Goliath is a real kaiju film. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>